Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor at PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor at Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can check us out at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. And on social media, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And on Twitter, we're at pwcomicsworld. Let's get right to it. Uh, this week on More to Come, well, frankly, the More to Come crew uh, we're go- is going to weigh in on the recent New York Comic Con 2014. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, movies uh, from Marvel and DC. Uh, let's jump to Heidi. You wrote uh, the bulk of our uh, report. Um, well, Kevin, you wrote uh, I, yeah, I, half of it. So, I, yeah, I embellished. So don't be too, don't embellished. Be too modest about it. You and I collaborated <laughs> on all of our stories. This is true. This but, is true. Uh, yeah, well, we survived. You know what? And uh, game over. Let's take a nap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, immediately I... After right. Well, the big news was that, uh, according to Lance Fensterman, uh, the showrunner, this was the largest New York Comic Con ever in terms of tickets sold. He said they sold 151,000 tickets, which which was up from 133 tickets last year, 130,000, pardon me, tickets. Mm -hmm. So they squeezed another 18,000 people into the show just by lengthening Thursday's hours by, I think, four hours. So, um, you know, pretty impressive. That's 6,000 people per hour, I guess, is the, uh, the figure that they have. Um, I think there were a lot of things that were better about the show this year. I think that the line, they cleared the room between uh, panels of the main stage, and that oh, yeah. seemed to go pretty well. I have they to didn't, be They honest. didn't clear the room in some other panels. Well, they uh, didn't clear the, the... No, the only room yeah. they cleared was, was the main stage, the main which seats about 3,000 people. Right. Well, I mean, one of the biggest panels at the entire con was the um, Avatar Legend of Korra panel. Yes. Which was going to be the last Avatar Legend of Korra panel ever well. while the show is still <laughs> on, according to when, when it yeah. to end. Um, and people were apparently... Sitting in and waiting for it to open, um, <laughs> like three panels ahead, they yeah. were just taking up well, half the room. If I may add, uh, anecdote from uh, David Steinberger of Comicsology at the uh, C- C- CBLDF party: um, uh, the Ask Me Anything Comicsology panel uh, was scheduled just ahead of a Doctor Who panel. Yeah, he walked in and found a packed room crammed with standing only people. Until he realized that there were about six people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Actually there for comics. Well, you know, that's funny that, <laughs> so. they, uh, that they did that. I think it was partially successful. You know, that's yeah. just going to happen. I mean, there's just no way to get around well, I, that. I if- know, but just as they cleared the main stage, I think maybe they should have set aside an extra two for the other entertainment-related ones that would be well, very similar. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, possibly. I mean, I think the idea was that the Empire stage only seated probably about 1,500 to 2,000 people. And the problem with doing the waiting in line is that you need to have room for all those people to wait in line. So you need to have a huge holding pen for every room that you're going to uh, do ticket giveaways for. So, um, you know, I don't... You know what? I mean, I think people like it both ways. I think people like to camp out, you know. They think it's worth camping out to see Avatar. Well, but it wasn't that they were camping out. It was that they were taking up spots in rooms where the other people who then wanted to be there 
couldn't right. fit. Well, yeah, that 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 happens. Yeah. Um, well, I think you know what I mean. I I I agree with you that they need yeah. to be really you know more careful about yeah. which panels are in the big room. I mean, you, I mean, I would like to know. For instance, whether Archer was as well attended as Avatar. I mean, I know Archer is very, probably very popular, but uh, based on it's what not I Avatar know, popular. I would say that Avatar is far more popular than Archer, just among kids and mm. everything. So, um, you know, I, I, I mean, this is this is the first time that this has been done at a Comic Con. I know Reed did it before, at Star Wars shows where they mm. clear the room. Um, so you know, we'll see. I don't. I, I like I said. I I believe when we we talked to David Glanzer about this on on our podcast, he said that they thought of doing it for Hall H, but where to put the people is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, where to where to line them up, where to find room for all those people, is um a little bit more problematic. But anyway, what else did we like? Now, I mean, Kate, uh, what, you were manning the booth most of the time. Yeah. What did you think of the crowds this year? Well, I thought the problem was that, well, most of the time, the floor was not any more crowded than any other time. Specific points of the floor were very, very crowded, like a giant morass of people. So I actually have some pictures, which I will be uploading to our Tumblr. Actually, I I will have by the time this podcast goes out, um, which I actually took from the press booth, um, showing the, the congestion patterns. Like large parts of the floor were not that full at all. And then when you either got to an area where there was a giveaway, an area where there was a live show, or an exit, it was like, for 200 feet, square feet even, there were just people. I mean, you could, they couldn't <laughs> well, get through. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there it's were, interesting. I there mean, were the people. That's, floor, that's, that's, right, but I mean, I, the thing is that and then, I, in the midst of sometimes the heaviest congestion, um... Like right near the exits, there would be people stopping to take pictures of cosplay and stopping to have their pictures taken. And I do sort of feel like maybe if they're near the exits, just at the exits, if there were floor traffic, quote unquote, traffic cops, you know, going, you know, move through, step aside, this and well, that. Even Lance has mentioned that too. That might but be all of this requires staff. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I you only need two I, per exit, and there are only four but, exits. But I heard. I heard every single, well, not every single, but the one complaint I heard overall this year. I heard fewer complaints this year than I've heard in years past. Same here. But the one complaint I did hear was exactly what you're talking about, Kate. It was control on the floor. And in San Diego, they have, um, you know, if people line up, there are security guards who come along and tell the people where to stand. In New York Comic Con, there was no security anywhere controlling people on the floor. And Lance, when I spoke to him... Uh, volunteered before I even brought it up that this is what they really have to look so at. Even at San Diego, cosplayers stopping anywhere well, and everywhere yeah, to get pictures yeah. is I mean, that's unfortunately, a, an annoying con, uh, you know, Unfortunately, common, that's part of con. Deal. But the thing is <clears throat> that at the very least at the exits, which was where the congestion consistently was, mm. yeah. that if you could have someone making sure the flow of traffic... And then some of the lines for, for exclusives were blocking parts right? of the exits. Absolutely, yes. yes. That if you had, had just had like one or two security people, or, you know, special, specifically con security, not Javits security, um, you know, just making sure that the traffic kept moving, I think it would have helped a lot. Yeah. I, I said, I, I saw that there was enormous traffic virtually everywhere through, through the, um, the, the only place I saw where it thinned out a bit was it towards our end, past the 400 yeah. thing. There, back the other way, all the way to the other end, to the, the to the long boxes and the back issue dealer, 
the two or three days that I made sure that I went back there, it was just crowded at every well, end. Yeah. But to I have to say, logistically, these crowds kept moving. I mean, we were jammed. Yeah, they yeah. Were, the, yeah it was better. But you could move. It was better than in past years. And, and where there, I didn't encounter any gridlock. Became gridlock. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what I ran into. It wasn't gridlock that much on the the middle of the floor where people were moving to and fro. Mm. There were a lot of people, but they kept moving. It was, I specifically noticed on Saturday and on Sunday in the afternoons mm. and right near the end that the exits got, and for a good three booths mm-hmm. deep near yeah. the exits, yeah. it it became a stampede. Well, you know what? I, this is the problem we have. You know, and I talked to Lance a little bit about this, and uh, you know, we've reached the peak geek for new, for the Javits Center, and you know, to uh, yeah. this is uh, the, uh, let's face facts here: to rent out the entire Javits Center for four days. Um, the cost of doing that, uh, giving out, you know, renting booths to Valiant and Top Shelf and DC Comics is not going to cover that cost. So they have to bring in a lot more things and they have to sell a lot of tickets, okay, to cover it. That's good. Right. But I'm just saying, it's like, that is why, you know, if it was, you know, any sane person, really, they wouldn't have added another 18,000 people on Thursday, you know? I mean, we all know the show is dangerously crowded, but uh, I believe that what, you know, what you know, they need to maximize the profits. Yeah. They need to try to break even. Now, uh, one thing oh, that hasn't I been bet. brought up yet uh, that I just would like to bring up here and just throw in here. I'm looking at the website right now. Even to get in for four days to New York Comic Con is only $95. It's really cheap. Yeah. As cons okay? go, yeah. As cons go, that is mm-hmm. an incredible bargain. Mm-hmm. You know, and given the cost of everything else, um, you know, rather than see more people introduced, I would, you know, I mean, I get it for free. Don't get me wrong. Hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, I think that's very reasonable and that charging another $20 probably people would, would still think was pretty reasonable. I have, well, I'm I sure have, Glance is listening right now yes, as we speak. Yes, let's raise the prices. Raise the prices. Uh, I, I have actually a couple of um, devil's advocate suggestions. One is downstairs there is... The Autograph Hall. Once upon a time, they used to have anime programming down there. Right? Now That's they have the Autograph Hall. Yes. Well, you know, we could, I'm sure, given how crowded that floor was, and that they could put more money-earning booths and programmings in mm-hmm. down yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe give only half of it to autographs and the other half to programming. Or, as Lance suggested, what he really wants to do with the show is to spread it out, you know? Mm. And as he mentioned, there are peers that are available right near the Javits Center. Um, you know, obviously, Artist Alley, which is located in the North Hall, is a huge hit. Yeah. You know, different architecture. Everybody loves it there. As I've heard to the a rumor it's going to be torn down and they're going to build something bigger I, in apparently, place. I don't think they're tearing apparently it down they, they like it. Apparently, it's just become too the valuable. The is well, it's really even, good. Even local colleges use it for graduations and yeah. it's perfectly yes, ideal. It's beautiful. The light in there is so beautiful. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm curious. Um, uh, well, actually, my, <laughs> my, my thought has escaped me. Uh, go on, go on. What well, you're saying, also, it'll come back. It'll also, come back. <laughs> speaking of what you're saying, Heidi, um, the Hudson Yards are projects are going up now. The That's very right. first building is is under construction as mm. we speak. It's about half built. Um, you know, maybe I don't know. Yeah, there may be somewhere some in there. Space. There'll be somewhere they can rent to and shove a few some more hotel things. Hotel 
will right. crop up yeah. in there right. somewhere. Well, that's one of the things that's supposed to be there is a hotel that mm. goes with the Javits Center, which would be loved by people who go there. I mean, it is busy all the other times of the year with trade shows, which only draw forty to 50,000 people, not 150,000 But people. even forty, fifty thousand people is a lot of people, and some of them are going to need hotel rooms. Right, right, right. Well, yes, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the dearth of amenities near that area, it's a lot better than it used to be. You know, it now is. There's a grocery, now there's a McDonald's. You know there's a grocery store right up the street now? And you know, That's sort of a bar amazing. two blocks away, and though it's still pretty much a waste. Of, I, actually, my the thought that escapes me: what are they going to do with the what are the Crystal Palace? The, well, the Crystal the, Palace is an interesting area. I mean, because the press area, the press area. Now this year, uh, and t- VIP lounge. Yeah, now well, last year it was the VIP lounge, and let me tell you, um, the press area, the press pass was a very desirable pass to have because it got you into this area, which is you know a paradise compared to everywhere else. They had your own dedicated little food stand, yes, your own dedicated bathroom, although it was very small. Although they're tiny, tiny. <laughs> well, there are giant bathrooms there with twelve stallers that are in the back, but that area was used for the media interviews. Uh-huh. So. Um, you know, the VIPs who paid a lot more than $95 for their tickets, to be fair, they were uh, given access to this area. It was used for signings. That said, it's a huge area. Now, uh, I was the, remember, I'm sure you guys remember mm-hmm. the year that they put Artist Alley up yeah, there. Yeah. And it was pretty bad because it was bad. people it was would crowded. go up, it got too crowded. It was like a tube of toothpaste yeah, being was, squeezed into the it cap. It was an awful bottleneck. Yeah, it was really... an awful, awful bottleneck. So you can't really put anything that's going to draw a lot of people up there. And, you know, in their infinite wisdom, the designers at Javits Center have put all this unusable space. Um, now, I, I just, unless you know, unless they put the Artist Alley in the main area. Remember, before, what they did before was put it in that entrance way. That, that the well, what is the press area? No, no, that's when it was horrible. Yeah, I know, but but the area beyond it that right. opens up into why, a wider why space. Why should they move it? Out well, of it's where not it going to work. I but mean, it's just throwing is, that is, out is, there. They are proudly uh, boasting it, it's the it's largest. It's not going to work. Any, yes, they're it, probably boasting it's the largest Artist Alley. In it the is. country. Well, yeah. it, it, it may be, but, you know, one other thing I want to point Well, it's on the It's posters. a success where it is. It They're is, leaving it, it in is. the north. And, yeah, you know, let me point be. out one other thing. I, uh, there was only one hall. I, I love how we become, you know, convention center experts when we talk <laughs> about this. Well, like, did you know happened. that Hall A's entrance microphone. was, was <laughs> you know, blocked with a cart today? Um, <laughs> anyway, you know, there was only uh, two halls given over to programming one was hall e the entirety was given over to the empire stage uh as you mentioned so big giant uh presentations and then only hall a Mm -hmm. was for all the other programming so i think there were probably 10 maybe programs simultaneously something like 10 or 12 tracks tracks, including the huge stages which is pretty small given not that much. Now, yeah, I did uh-huh. three panels um, in different rooms of different sizes. Calvin, I know you were at one of them, the European panel, yes. which is about half full, I'd say. Mm. Um, I would say that all of the panels were very well attended. I, I would agree. say the journalism panel that I did, uh, which I also do at San Diego, was far better attended at New York Comic Con and with a far oh. more engaged audience. And uh, I thought the panels that I did were great. And mm-hmm. I heard everywhere that all the panels were very well attended. Extremely well attended. And it was obvious that people were looking for a place to go do something other than wander around well, the crowd. I, I, I actually think that the programming this year was a little better than usual. I agree. I agree. The panel choices I were better. I agree 100%. The, they were the, less the, stupid uh, ones. The, li- the, the graphic novels in public schools panel could have easily been put in a bigger room. Yeah. I mean, that place, it was. I almost didn't get in. And I basically had to... 
I was begging the guy to let me in, and then one person came out and he said, "Go," <laughs> and, yeah. and and I got in, uh, and I got inside, and it was just jammed. It was standing room only, and yeah. there had to be at least two or over two hundred people in there. Well, I wow. mean, a lot of people who came by our booth identified themselves as librarians. I think there were a lot of librarians yes, at the show. They yeah, were. and I think they were treating treating it as a trade show. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think the show needs more programming, you know? I mean, you could have, I mean, I thought it was, I agreed, I, I, you know, there was a yeah. lot of good panels. You could bring back some of the panels that seem stupider, like beer, but, you know, people <laughs> want to get off the show floor. That is what San Diego, you, and Emerald and City, yes. Emerald City is also a huge show mm-hmm. in a much smaller and even worse venue than the Javits Center. It is if you think the Javits Center is bad, I hate to say it, but Seattle Convention Center do. <laughs> is even worse. It's like wee-wad. Like there are secret rooms that you have to go down staircases to find. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> okay. like when you oh. have a large consumer show, you want to have places for them to go. Yeah. You know? You need to give people stuff to do. Yeah. And, I mean, for one thing, the food trucks were a great idea, but the yeah. lines were enormously long. They should have gotten more food trucks. I mean, it's not like there's any shortage of them in New York. Well, I think that will be alleviated when Hudson Yards opens, and there's a, a lot more, you know, amenities. But that's five years off. But yeah, so. but they can. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, the first Hudson Yards building supposedly is opening in a year. I think. Yeah, it's not directly across the street. No, it's, it's like not directly across it's, the street. It's still it's, a little it's, bit of a hike. Yeah. It's still and a if they ever lot. open up the subway station that's supposed to be directly across the street, well, you we'll know, be, haven't they be been promising Nirvana. that since the 1920s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. But it's, well, yeah. what do you guys, listen, what do you guys think of Super Week? You know, Lance told me and other folks, like, the log line for Super Week is that eventually he wants it to be like Fashion Week. The the goal, the dream is to make it a week-long cultural celebration and that New York Comic Con will just be the capping event. I, I, I think it will work week. in the long run um, because I think they're dedicated to making it work. I, I mean, for me, I found the whole thing a little bit overwhelming. I did get up to um, Karen Green's exhibition, mm-hmm. which was a part of Super Week. Um but that said, for the most part, I was too focused on New York Comic Con. I think they should have had some of the stuff happen after New York Comic Con for the people who, say, came down that weekend and were staying in New York a little mm. longer. Maybe that you you could have yeah. put it on either side of the con. It would have been good. Now, I did walk by the Hammerstein Ballroom um, a couple of nights uh, when there were events slated and there were massive lines waiting to get in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had some killer events there. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, um, a, a band whose name I can't remember, but one of the biggest... Uh, J-pop bands played Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember out. the name either, but yeah. yeah but I zero, remember. something zero. Okay, yeah. I fail at J-pop, all right? But uh, anyway, I know it was huge, and it sold out Madison Square Garden. So, um, I mean, I think the concept is an intriguing one. I think, uh, to be blunt, I think we've talked a lot about Super Week, and you we know, don't... a lot of the events were very minor events, you know? They were first-year, who-can-we-rope-in events. Yeah. yeah. And they're, obviously, they're not necessarily comics events, right. though very often I, I assume they're mostly pop culture events of some kind. Mm-hmm. They are pop culture of some kind, and some of them are comics tied in, yeah. in some way yeah. or another. Yeah. 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 So, I like mean, I think... Like comics Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, Lance's point was that it isn't going to be just about comics. Yeah. It's going to be about yeah. all of this pop culture kind of stuff. That's fair. And yeah. that's, that's and, fine. And I but think it know. makes sense to do. I mean, New York Comic Con is becoming, a, it, it really is, a, right. a major event in the city. And it, it makes sense. If you can tie more things into it and make more people happy, right. why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. yeah. No, but how was your panel? I heard. Um, uh, my panel, <laughs> I actually had, other than the ICB2 panel, I was on probably one of the most enjoyable panels and least stressful panels I've ever been involved with. 
the um, I forget the, what does we call it. I've forgotten already what the name of it's called. But apparently, Comixology <laughs> did it um, at San Diego for the first time. It is basically a panel where anyone who can comes. If you feel like you don't know enough about comics and graphic mm. novels, if you've just started, if you keep hearing all of this stuff about comics, uh, but you don't read them and you want to find something out about it, you can come to this panel. And basically, walk to the microphone, give us a sense of your taste, your like, and a panel of experts will, you know, like, you know, compete to give you, uh, you know, suggestions for idea. things you should wear. Yeah. It's a perfectly enjoyable time. It's, um, I was on the panel with uh, David Steinberger, uh, Frank Barbieri, who is a one-man walking recommendation engine. I know he's great. Amazon should just hire him yeah, right. and just let him. He not only does he recommend something, he gives a perfectly articulated um blurb about the book and why you should read it. Um Shannon, oh, what's her name who does Lamborghinis? She was on it. Uh Jen Vaughn from Fanographics. Uh we had the best time. It was really fun and we all just sat up there and doing what we love to do. Tell mm-hmm. people what to read. Was there a good crowd? It was a good crowd. I wouldn't say we were sold out, but it was in one of those big halls. I think it was in the same room where your panel was. I would say the center section was almost all filled. The the wings were, were sort of thing, but it was right. a good crowd. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I did a panel with um, Amber Benson, Becky Cloonan, Brian K. Vaughn, Scott Snyder. No one came. I was very surprised. Oh. I'm kidding. It was packed. It was like a rock concert. <laughs> Uh, I, I missed that one, and it was pretty awesome. I mean, just getting to talk to people like that was was pretty amazing. Oh, and yeah, and um, so and I was at the Euro, uh, yeah, Euro Comics yeah, yeah, panel, yeah, which was really was good. Also a lot of yeah, fun. that was great. So, um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I mean, you know, we've been very critical of New York Comic Con in years past. Um, I feel like it grew up a little bit this year in good ways. In good ways, um, yeah. A know, lot. I, I heard people on the floor, and very quickly. I heard people on the floor who I would have never thought say this say that they were very pleased with the, lo- the logistics in your mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. Uh, they they said that they were volunteers on the floor, not enough of them, but they seemed to show up when they needed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had I didn't hear any complaints about sales. Uh, and I heard yeah, a lot I heard, of I a feedback few. about sellouts. I hear I heard a little yeah. few about uh, sales, but I mean I think people some people. Actually, I, that's really a topic for a whole thing because yeah. I feel like it's not – it's such – nobody makes money. I talked right. to several publishers who are like, look, we don't make money here, but we feel like we have to be here. Yeah. So it is kind of a loss leader in that way. Yeah. So I, th- it, I think it, maybe not for the artist Sally, mm. but the for the publishers. Yeah, yeah for the publishers, yeah, yeah. it's a promotional event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Let's give a big shout-out. Uh, for the harassment policy. Yes, they yeah, did an they outstanding just did it. job. They didn't, yeah. they didn't make a fuss Everywhere about it. Everywhere you they turned, didn't... there was a sign, yeah. and that's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was great. It was It was just a really smart move. Yeah, it I was They lost great. nothing Absolutely, Absolutely. And, and a lot of people were commented favorably on it. They were really uh, glad to see yes, it. Yes, and, and there seemed to be fewer incidents. I mean, and, any yeah. incident is too many, but but they're yeah. definitely, yeah. you know, I've been scanning Twitter, I've been scanning Facebook to see if I can find any complaints. You know, like... Like somebody, you know, got brushed up against. I mean, you know, not good, but yeah, not yeah. the worst thing that yeah. happened. Uh, what either, what so. did Lance say? There were two. Yeah, Lance said there was two. There was two out of that he knew of, and one of them yeah. was was an online event. Yeah. And 
And then he cryptically said the other wasn't a fan, so I sure would love to know what that is. Hmm. But anyway. Probably a creator. Yes, maybe it was Carl Urban. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just write my fanfic about that. There you go. Um, (laughs) Uh, I wish you all could see Kate's face right now. I'm I'm just like, there's just nothing I can say to that. So I I was a little wiped out by the end of the con because we at PW Comics World, including myself, made the daring choice to both run a booth live ourselves at, with the help of Valiant Volunteers. Yes, wonderful and, volunteers. And kudos to and, all of you. And you, also you put out like a dog, live like interview podcast every day of yes, the time. Kate. Yes, Kate. So, you know, Calvin, let's, yes, let's give a yes. hand for that was Kate. Slow she did an amazing, clap amazing that was, for Kate. Uh, that was maybe not our best idea ever, but on the other hand, we... We love our listeners, and we want to make them happy, and we hope you enjoyed it. And on the other hand, you got it done. Every it, it did. <laughs> We did it. Yes. We did it. Yes. Well, we all did it. You know, kudos to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when I was, and, and to speak about traffic flow, and to speak about the popularity of Artist Alley, on the last day, when I was going to do my Artist Alley interviews, because I just really wanted to get some, you know, uh, I had to, and I had to go back to the booth for various reasons to help run it, um, in order to get from Artist Sally to the exhibitor floor, in any kind of time, I had to leave the con, check out, walk down the sidewalk, <laughs> walk back in through the other exit, and I swear, I think it would have taken three times as long had I stayed inside the Japanese Center. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It definitely was a long slog to get from well, one side well, to the other. I, mean, I will tell you, though, I was, I mean, the most, I will say, the only place that I was a little bit scared of at any time, just me personally, was the lower north end concourse toward artist alley yeah. if you stood on the upper level and looked down there about halfway down the, the concourse the floor disappeared in a to a sea of people mm-hmm. yeah now I, I have to say though once you got into it i was able to move there several yeah, it wasn't times as bad as it looked it, it but it looked unbelievable it could have been worse yeah but it still took longer inside than to check out through security go out Walk down the hot <laughs> well, sideways, check back in through security, yeah. um, which, you know, says something about that extra, what, how many thousand, 18,000 mm-hmm. people they added? Might be a bit much. I mean, I think this is the reality, you know? I mean, it's it's yeah. like we hear about. It. It's like when you get maxed out, in order to make the show more profitable, what do you do? You have to raise prices, which I, I predict we will see the ticket prices. I think the they ticket have, prices They have go to up. go up. Well, you know, and the thing and is... they can't put any more people in there, you yeah. know? With, with sure so many people, they really wouldn't have to raise the price that much to bring in more money. Yeah. Right. Like, even if they right. added just five bucks to the price, right. it would bring in a lot of money. Right. Uh, um, and, and also, uh, yeah. one thing I think that we should be aware of, though, um, this would definitely be something that is... Uh, next year like i do think the caliber of the entertainment programming was the biggest you know was better this year i mean they've had some stars before but george clooney came that was definitely a huge 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 thing Mm -hmm. disney had an a-list you know disney had a panel that would have been big in hall h um you know marvel also really had some big stuff there um you know, it's been a little bit of an uphill struggle for them to get on to the same level of stuff that uh, is at San Diego, and nor would we really want it. But, you know, I think, I think, I mean, the Walking Dead panel is immense did every DC year. Have it, I didn't go to any of the entertainment. So no. did DC have its, inter, its TV they show had, panels? They did. Const- they did have their TV yeah. shows. Yeah, they did. They, and, they, you know, they, and all the actors were there. They had yeah. round tables. Well, they yeah. filmed Gotham here, so yeah. that wasn't that hard. 
But, uh, you know, I mean, this is what people really camp out for, you yeah. know, yeah. As, as we talked about at, at the ICV2 conference. And if we get more of, you know, more Norman Reedus's coming to the show, we're going to see a little bit more frantic people wanting to get into the show, I feel. Well, so, yeah. you know, um, for one thing, maybe they'll change the balance somewhat and sell more one days. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, they did that already this year. They just sold a lot more one days, yeah. Uh, but another thing is, you know, I actually less than some other years. I mean, more than some other years. Um, a lot of people said they really felt like it was about comics. Like mm-hmm. for all this other stuff, they did. It, they didn't feel squalled out or or minimized. Right. That there was less like generic. It was less of a generic Ooh. pop culture slate. Yeah. It was more targeted. And to I, them. It's interesting because I—I I mean, I, I think you're right. Actually, I mean, although what, I don't what think I was there hearing. was there weren't necessarily books that really blew you away, or there was no, no, no book, or no, that no, no, even there was, was the initiated really at the no, show. Really. It was everything because, was kind of from San Diego. No, well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily things from San Diego. It's that we have entered the comic equivalent of the 24-hour news cycle. Things get ass- yeah. get announced all through the year. I really there really weren't that many announcements at the con. No. There were just a lot of places where people would discuss things or show you stuff or so on. I mean, because I think that they've gotten out of the habit now that there's a robust comics internet of bringing out all their big stuff at shows. Mm. They because they don't want to get hidden behind somebody else's big stuff. Yeah. So it just comes out throughout the year, and then they just talk about it at the con. Although I will say, I was in the position to break a story from the panel before I actually left the panel room. On our Tumblr, you will see a Tumblr post from us about uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which, oh, by right, the way, yes. is, is going to be a, an ongoing image comic, well, two ongoing image comics, um, that they got a TV pilot deal mm-hmm. for yeah. one of the properties that's also going to be a comic. Um, and so I just happened to have my half hour of free internet at that moment. Go. And it went up on Tumblr, and like a whole 200 people saw it. So, nice. awesome. Aaron Kate Fitzsimmons, ace go. reporter. Yeah. <laughs> I, the words OMG and four exclamation marks may have been involved oh, in this dear. post. Oh, so much for your professional rating. No, 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 no. <laughs> because because that's how you get people to notice it on Tumblr. Oh, okay. Well, you, you know. <laughs> and plus, I was, you know, excited. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I'll the see bot- if that's in the time style sheet. Go on. <laughs> I think the bottom hey, line is... this is new media. We don't need that <laughs> style sheet. Yes, you're going to say. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the bottom line is everybody had very low, low, low expectations for the show going in. I think we were all dreading it. I think it was surpassed our expectations, but even, you know, it was it was fun. I actually I had mean, fun. Yeah, I won't say that I, that I had low expectations, I'm personally speaking, but I was impressed, uh, I think, with the growth that they've yes. shown over the last few years. Uh, I mean... You know, every year you, it seems that there was some huge gaffe at New York mm-hmm. uh, Comic Con, yeah. and this year it didn't really seem to happen. It went well. You yeah. know, they um, didn't do some crazy thing <laughs> that, right. like you know, tweet through your account and, or and, or a complete gridlock of the entire floor. I mean, and I think the fact is though that there definitely is more to come because <laughs> this show is already huge, and nothing that happened is going to dissuade people from no, coming. No, it's going to make people want to come more. It's going to make people want to come more. And uh, by the way, I haven't been able to confirm this, but apparently, special edition has been confirmed for next June. 
Uh, I saw some dates given for next June. So, yeah. you know, special the, And edition. that's very interesting, too. Since yeah, more to come there. I, they, I mean, I, I will say this. Reed was uh, issuing a lot of confusing uh, yes. statements about what was going to happen with special edition. Now, um, uh, both to you and to um, during the ICV conference, he was very straightforward in saying that it's going to be another one in New York, that mm-hmm. they're not. It's not some template for moving around mm-hmm. the country. And it is, as far as we can tell, what they say it is, uh-huh. that it's going to be a comics-focused show uh, to get away a little bit from the, you know, the monster <laughs> mega New York Comic Con. So we will see. But, yeah, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be back in the, in, the, uh, yeah. in the Javits Center, I guess, in June again? I believe so, yeah. yes. So um, well, one, I'll check find tra- a weekend. Yeah. One trend that I was hearing about when I was walking out of Sally, uh, from a number of people, but specifically from one of the people we interviewed, but this part was off the record, was that um, people were buying a lot more books and a lot fewer commissions. Hmm. Okay. That, that the books were selling in Artist Sally. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about this at, at the ICV too. You know, we didn't, uh, we haven't talked about this in this podcast and we probably won't because, you know, we're running out of time. But, uh, you know, Calvin and I have an article up about the, the conference and it was called The New Reader. And mm-hmm. the consensus from creators, uh, well, publishers and retailers and convention throwers yes. is that mm-hmm. there are new customers. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Simple as that. Yeah, lots of them. <laughs> lots of them. Yeah, um, and they maybe perhaps expect different things out yeah. of their and destination. They, and this is one thing that I'm hearing anecdotally, uh, but I am really seeing this is that these new customers want a story that is done in one. Yeah, they might want it to or be part, one volume. Right. Well, I mean, whether it's one done in one volume or one periodical. I mean, they definitely want a story that has ramifications to a larger story, you know, but they are, they want the satisfying chunk. I've been talking about that for about 25 years. And you mean a book? Uh, yeah. It doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be a book, yeah. but it needs to be a complete story, well, even I, if it's only yeah, in twenty I mean, pages. I, I think one of the, you know, uh, yeah. I, I think I, one of the books that's really popular right now is Harley Quinn, which is mm-hmm. uh, definitely cut off from the whole New Fifty Two interconnection, and you know, a little bit more self-contained in that way. So I'm reading the issue with Power Girl. In yeah, it right, now. right there you go. You know, that's uh, been amazing. Uh, well, one thing I think jokes, but I won't. Speaking of Harley Quinn, I think it's very interesting. They saw a whole lot of Harley Quinn costumes. And none of the new 52 Harley Quinn costumes. Interesting. Okay. Well. They all <laughs> went classic. That's true. Yeah. I was sitting with Jimmy Palmiotti for a little bit talking to him, and everyone that came by was the old Harley. Yeah, designed by the great Bruce Tim. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. One of the greatest character I, designers of all time. I, I did see a few cosplay versions which were home, home designed, but there was... No one was harking back to the other design. Like, well, no one was interested in it. Yeah. You know, it is... This is, could be a whole article in itself of like which versions of which characters people like to cosplay because you notice the same creators come yeah. up over and over and sure. over well, again. Well, I mean, I don't think it's just the cosplayability in the case of Harley Quinn. I think it may speak to what speaks to people who like Harley Quinn more. I mean, what they like well, it, more. The characters change so much, though. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to get a fix on. I mean, I sort of like the character, but I, I, I don't, I actually don't quite know how we got to well, now with Bugs her living buddy, in Coney know? Island. Yeah, I don't. Bugs, quite... She's Bugs Buddy. That's yeah. What it is. So, you know, but she's that's a fine. Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. So, so well, well, you know, speaking of Warner Brothers, uh, oh yes. Shall we move Liz. on? We have Liz. one yes. other topic to talk about this week, which was it was a huge week for 
movie, superhero movie news, and doubtless we'll be seeing the ramifications of this down the road. Um, it started on Mon- Monday uh, when, uh, well, this is not confirmed, but it was reported in Variety and everywhere else, but apparently Marvel is going to do a Civil War storyline in their cinematic universe, uh, with uh, which is a famous, based on the you yeah. know, event graphic novel written by Mark Miller, in Most- which... It was actually more than just a graphic novel. It was an entire like event. It was a huge event. It was a huge event. But uh, but as I keep pointing out, it's very popular. Yeah, still Civil War still sells even before the movie announcement. It's like one of Marvel's top ten. I mean, it's the only event collection that still sells. Yeah, um, which is interesting. The funny thing is that I don't know if it'll actually be good for the the Marvel cinematic universe. We're very confused about that because no uh, no one in the MCU has a secret identity. And and furthermore, it for the characterizations were given in the movies and for the way they're selling the appeal of the movies, the characters aren't being written in a way where that storyline would make sense for them. So they'd need to undergo either a hell of a lot of character evolution between now and whenever they do that. Or they're going to have to cast other characters doing it. Well, or the, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Well, there's uh, <clears throat> the other hot rumor is that Spider-Man may appear in a Marvel MCU movie, so he would be integral, hmm. perhaps, to the Civil War storyline. Um. So, uh, you well, know. yeah. Although, I mean, Civil War. It's a superhero. Uh, I, you know. Re- Sign, you know, you have to. All the superheroes had to sign up. They yeah, were the sort superhuman of. I, I can, let's let Kate yeah. talk. I actually it. know how it works, and there's yeah. more to it than that. Yeah. Okay. So, for a long time in Marvel Comics, for like 40 years, there had always been the possibility of mutant registration. Oh, terrible. But uh, Civil War was a really big deal because they decided to have basically registration for everyone with superhero powers. Right. And what right. made it maybe not fit. This universe is being written now is that half the heroes fell on one side, half fell on the other, and they actually almost killed each other. Yeah. And um, thing is that the way they're currently writing the characters is they the the level one they're trying to sell it as as like all the heroes are getting along and like heroiciness and so on. Whereas this has um, led to even to this day half the Marvel universe not talking to the other half of the Marvel universe. And so I don't know that's going to sell as well. And furthermore, the characters are being written as more of a Bronze Age style in the movies, where they are less cynical, less disliking each other, less... Uh, more idealistic yeah, well, in the movies well, for well, the, to make the know. movies well, feel look, good. It's hard to imagine conflict yeah. not yeah. selling but listen, the superhero I, music, but, as but as go as on. But I mean, I feel like it might damage the brand let going me, forward. Let me, let me just say this. You know, we've seen them, the movies, adapt comic storylines uh, sometimes yeah. brilliantly, as in, and sometimes uh, not. As in Winter yeah. Soldier, where they used the Winter Soldier storyline. But that one but, made... Right, but 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 also, by the way, you notice the seeds of Civil War were actually sown yeah. in Winter Soldier because I hadn't even known. I think we even mentioned that at the when we talked yeah. about that here in the podcast that they had a lot of little kind of nods to is this you know is this the right thing to do and you know should we keep the secret and so a lot of things. Now look, I but but I don't think that what we're going to see is 
a line, panel for panel, board balloon for no, board no, balloon. No, no, no. What? You know, remember in Harry Potter, in the last book, when Ron gets mad at Harry and walks away, and you're really sad, and then at the, you know, critical juncture, Ron comes back. So, you know, I predict Captain America and Iron Man are going to have a squabble. The movie's going to be really sad, because you think that Cap and Iron Man aren't right. friends anymore. But that's not what happened in the, yeah, in the I comics, know, it was a lot more. I know that's not what happened in the comics, okay? But, you know, I will say this, as, as controversially as, as he is, Mark Miller really knows how to write yeah. an event comic. I, mean, you know? I don't see it. I don't see it as some insurmountable well, obstacle well, at all. Yeah, I, but I think conflict will sell. The thing is that not every storyline that was great in comics works in the movies. As witness, Demon in the Bottle, which they completely screwed up in yeah, Iron but you Man know why, 2. But you know why that was? It's because Disney did not want to portray Tony Stark as an alcoholic. Right, right. But I well, mean, that was the studio sabotaging it. Right, but what I'm saying is that this story is also is also not immune to sabotage because a lot of it involves a lot of the people who are being currently portrayed as shiny, lovable heroes of which you buy toys doing a lot of things right. they shouldn't be doing. No. So I don't know that it will really translate well to this right. universe now, is unless, what I'm saying. Right, and you're absolutely right. And listen, I don't know yeah. how much of a genius Kevin Feige is. If he could actually do the real Civil War storyline in a Marvel cinematic universe, which they've shown no signs of doing whatsoever, I, I would be shocked and stunned and amazed. But, uh, you know, like I said... You know, They'll just borrow the Just name. remember that every movie... Remember when Han Solo went away at the end of Star Wars and he said he just had his money and he was gone. Remember that? And remember when he comes back in the middle of the battle and, and shoots and saves Luke's life. Um, anyway, so uh, moving on to the next... Uh, to the next... That is what Civil War will be in yeah. the MCU as far as I'm concerned. But, but you know, we'll I, I would, we will see. see in five years. Just, <laughs> just knowing that Marvel fans are arguing about whether or not it'll make a good movie is probably making the studio executive like rub their hands yes. like Doctor Doom right but, now. But now speaking of studio heads, as uh, we've mentioned many, many <clears throat> times, like Marvel is king of the castle, and uh, where is DC? Well, wow. DC fired. They're king of the a idiot. Shot bus. across the bows today. Finally, they unleashed their fun furled their slate flag uh, in a presentation to stockholders. Uh, which they also announced they're going to lay off 10% of their workforce. But on the plus side, uh, they finally announced their superhero movie slate. And uh, so there's going to be a Suicide Squad movie directed by David Ayer, uh, a Wonder Woman movie in 2017, finally a Justice League in 2017, The Flash starring Ezra Miller, and Aquaman starring Jason Momoa in 2018. That's four years, three years from now. Shazam! and Justice League Part 2 directed by Zack Snyder in 2019 and in 2020 uh six years from now we will see cyborg starring ray fisher and a reboot of green lantern just what we're all waiting for now i you know i'm not as plugged into the movie side as you two are is this normal to be announcing 10 movies in advance like (laughs) is it normal (laughs) 20 years into the future yeah this is bizarre to me i mean i mean marvel did that after they made giant boatloads of money DC is trying to go full Marvel without having tested the waters, which should be interesting. Will they keep this slate intact if some of these movies tank? No. That's the question. I mean, Jason Momoa had better stay in shape for four years. That's all I got to say. Jason Momoa has been in shape since Stargate Atlantis and before that since Baywatch. So, uh, yeah, but I'm telling you, Kate, you, sometimes you just let yourself go. But anyway, yeah. Well, I think don't he do knows it, Jason. Don't do I, it. I think he knows it's his stock and trade. I don't think you yeah. need to worry about Jason Momoa stop going to the gym. Um, 
cer- certain other MCU actors? Maybe. Uh, you know, like Ben Affleck. Will Ben Affleck still be in good shape in five years? You mean Beer sure. Affleck? I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, that's yeah. why we have an older, grizzlier, heavier, weightier Batman. In well, what's film. the uh, the Captain America guy, Chris? What's his name? Isn't he, Chris Evans. He, Evans. He uh, isn't he talking about he's not doing other any other movies but Marvel because he has to spend all his time lifting weights and running and, yeah. <laughs> and eating drinking smoothies so so that he can be well, you, buff for you know, the next that's, film. That's something that really <laughs> hasn't even come up in talking about all this stuff. It's like you know, Chris Evans. He was signed to a ten picture deal, and they are holding him to that ten yeah. picture deal. You know, one. Really juicy tidbit that came up in the Marvel article uh, was that uh, Ike Perlmutter was so, like, basically Robert Downey Jr. wanted to be in Captain America 3, which will be the start of the Civil War storyline. Apparently, it will be in Avengers 3 also, whatever, according to what they say. Um, But apparently, our DJ wanted to be in Cap 3 and have a major role, and Ike Perlmutter, who is awesomely, awesomely, awesomely cheap and crazy said that he didn't want Iron Man in there because it would cost too much. And he ordered the screenwriters to write Iron Man out of the script. And luckily, Kevin Feige was able to talk him out of it because Ike Perlmutter apparently does not see the billions and billions of dollars pouring into his coffers. And He thinks, only notices the millions. He noticed and- the $20,000 that are going out over the Fantastic Four comic book. I mean, talk about sure. crazy. So millions but, wise and billions cheap or something. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, kind of bizarre. He's penny wise <laughs> yeah, and yeah. billionaire foolish. But. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. And speaking of that kind of thing, uh, so was it DC Comics that's firing 10% of its workforce? No, or, it's all no, Warner, Brothers, Warner Brothers. Although Warner Brothers. I think DC, is supposed to, DC Entertainment is supposed to lose some positions. Well, they're, you know, they're part of it. They're they're part of are it. moving yeah, to the West Coast. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going. So there's a huge yeah, so they, I guess they, yeah. right there. And, you know, yeah, given, true. Uh, we don't even know anything that's going to happen. The move is actually taking place next spring. And uh, we don't even know what's going to happen to DC yeah. Comics after they move, do we? We haven't really heard about anything coming out. DC had no major announcements at the show. And well, uh, there is an, an a an interim event that a lot of people have talked about, um, but uh, nothing beyond that interim event, which hasn't even been formally announced. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, layoffs, cutbacks. Uh, and, Twenty yeah. uh, Green Lantern reboot. Uh, Kate, what do you think of that? What do you think of rebooting Green Lantern? Well, I think if they're going to use in Green... six years, <laughs> I think if they're going to use Green, Green Lantern, they have to reboot him. There's no question. And if they're luck, if they're smart, they won't go with Hal Jordan. They'll pick somebody else. They'll pick a different lantern. I mean, there's a million lanterns to choose from. Pick one. That's for sure. Who uh, would you like to see? Um, you, you got a lot of options. You've got. I mean, they're probably not going to go Guy Gardner because that's just out there. Um, but you know, they could. Uh, John Stewart's very popular from the cartoons. They could go with Kyle Rayner in order to. Uh, that would give them a larger visual palette because mm-hmm. his shtick was that he had more creative. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern things, you know, you could hell, you could pick one of the alien Green Lanterns if you really wanted to be out there. Um, so you know, they've got a lot of options with Green Lantern, and if they're smart, in order to keep uh, the last movie out of people's heads, they'll just pick a different one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I mean I'm not sure you should give him his own movie yet. You should see maybe if people like him in the Justice. Well, League they movie. are. They're going to probably introduce a bunch of these. Well, in Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Dawn right. of Justice. 
Uh, yeah, but they're they're announcing the movie before they know if anyone likes the well, character, you know, so that'll me, be fun. Well, I'd like to point out this was all made out of stockholders' presentation. Yeah. So oh, you know, yeah. it was definitely to get people to say, hey, I guess those guys know what they're doing. And, yeah. and once again, just like to point out, I've brought this up many times here on this podcast, so I'm sort of beating a dead horse, but just in case you didn't hear me say it before, uh, previous people running the Warner Studios did not like superheroes. This is why you mm. did not see superhero movies coming yeah. out of Warner Studios. Uh, currently, uh, the studio is run by Kevin Sujahara, who actually announced all of this stuff, and he likes superheroes Points to him for that. just fine because he is familiar with them and does not fear them and actually ran DC Comics at one point. So, yeah. um, you know, I predicted that with Sujahara we would see a huge change. This is him trying to catch up to Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell they're running as fast as they can. Um, And maybe they'll catch up. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, we haven't even talked about the TV. Uh, You know, a lot of TV shows. uh, We always have entertaining uh, conversations when we compare notes. We have uh, now We'll get back to you that. Flash, uh, Walking Dead is back. Next time. Next time. So maybe next time we can catch up on some of our TV. uh, We'll catch. I got to catch up with some things here. I haven't seen the... Has the Flash started yet? Yes, Yes. it has. And uh, apparently it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, okay. You you should see Calvin's exhausted face here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More things to do. Oh, yeah. You know. But hey. I'm a lucky sucker. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, I get to look at TV for my job. I was gonna say, watching TV things. is a and thing reading to do. Comics, yeah. So you know, I, on I the other suspect. hand, it's homework. He can't do it in the office. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. all right. Well, we'll go sit home, pop well, you a can. cold one, and check out the DVR. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, you know, that's it, kids. We did another We did it again. We survived another New York Comic Con. Yeah. Everybody keeps saying to me, when's your next show? And I was like, April? I don't know. Um, well, know. no. Oh, Comic November. Arts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Comic Arts Brooklyn but is a, coming, but it's a wonderful, it's a fest. lovely yeah, yeah. festival. It's, it's a scale down. It's, it's you know. It's a comics fest, it's not a, a comic fest. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a different calf. experience. It's a, yeah, it's a calf, yes. So don't have a calf. <laughs> I mean... I guess my experience with New York Comic Con is different from all of yours because for me this is my yearly con, yes. my big con. Yeah. I don't do San Diego. We gotta I, get you to San Diego. I, I am I am here manning the. If anyone the, deserves to be go yeah. to San Diego, I, I, it's you. Yeah, I'm so here manning the trenches. You know, like so I don't. For me, San Diego is like a news story. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great big story, but it's it's not something I experience as a convention. Whereas New York Comic Con. Is you know it's my giant Comic Con convention experience as as wonderful and exhausting as that can be. I have to say that I I had a moment of fanish heresy uh, by Sunday night as we were trying to figure out how the hell to get all of our stuff out of the Javits. I was thinking you know I loved it, but I'm kind of glad it's over for another year. <laughs> and you know what? You earned that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> Yeah. So we yeah. did it. We did it. Yeah. And you, listener, if 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 you went, you did it. And if you listened to all four of our endless interview podcasts, you also did that. So yeah. congratulations, listeners yeah. out and there. You can get a flavor, you know, of of what flavor. the mega cons are like. Flavor, super right. Well, until next time. More to come. <laughs>